0: Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Aquite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal. Today we talk about the article, The Importance of Empowering Your Subordinates, with Brandon Burnett and Special Guest Master Sergeant James Carmichael. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a little bit about yourselves? We'll start with you, Sergeant Burnett.
1: Um, I joined the Army straight out of high school. I uh, initially planned on only doing one contract and getting out. And uh, probably 98% of the reason why I stayed in the Army and have re-enlisted multiple times is because of the influence from Master Sergeant Carmichael and uh, just the uh, purpose, direction, and motivation that he provided me as a young soldier and the influence that he had over me and uh, his continual encouragement and uh, I guess you would say like the, uh, the push that he gave me to really excel and try to, you know, really be the best that I could be.
0: Thank you. Mass Sergeant Carmichael, tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: My name is
2: Master Sergeant Carmichael. Uh, I've been in the Army since 1999 and I'm currently serving with the 720th MPs at Fort Cavazos, Texas.
0: Well, thank you both for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh to talk with us uh, to 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 join the NCO Journal podcast. Sergeant Burnett, what inspired you to write this article? What was the inspiration behind it?
1: So, I wrote the article back in March of 2022. So, I mean, as you both know, like the publication process definitely isn't the most expeditious. Um while we were overseas in Poland, uh my first sergeant at the time gave all the NCOs a counseling and it basically outlined all the different publications that would be the most applicable to um, our development as NCOs. So, of course, like FM 7-22.7, uh, ADP 6-22, ADP 6-0, it listed out all those. Highly recommended that we uh, or he highly recommended that we uh, really delve into those regulations, those uh, Army publications, the doctrine publications while we had the um, extra time for self-development while we were overseas so uh, that's what i did throughout the course of our rotation is i was just whenever i had a free few minutes i would pull up one of these doctrine publications and just start reading and see if there was something new that i can learn and of course there's always something new that you can learn and so uh, really when i got into adp 6-0 and into adp 6-22 uh and like uh like all of the uh, puzzle pieces kind of started to come together of like oh okay so this whole um Trust and awareness among subordinates and among NCOs and among commanders. Um, it really just like uh, pieced together, I guess, like how I like how I saw myself developed from a uh, junior soldier into a uh, junior NCO, and uh, it's re- and like and how I inadvertently have started developing my own soldiers, and so uh, you know I've been a frequent, I guess, patron of the NCO Journal for the past few years. I always try to read the articles as they're published each month. And so uh, whenever I was looking at the submission guidelines, questions for articles and article topics, I saw topics on there for lessons learned and leadership. So I figured, you know, I've taken in a lot of information from the the publications. And uh, I felt like it was something I could do to, like, give back to the NCO core to write a quick article or a short article, I guess and uh, kind of provide some uh, more, like, personable insight into the into the topic.
3: Yeah, Sergeant Burnett, in your article, you you talk about uh, some of the leaders having a hard time of turning loose of the, the reins. Um, and so since we have Sergeant, uh, Master Sergeant Carmichael here, I just want to ask you, when have you had a hard time uh, letting loose of the reins? Because I know I have. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't trust my soldiers enough, I guess. <laughs> and so I have a hard time I listening to reins. but.
2: Yeah, you hit it right. You hit it right on the head there. I mean, it's, it's a trust thing that we have with our soldiers. I mean, you know, it all starts when, to getting to know them in their reception integration and trying to find out what they're made of and what it makes them tick. And I think it will make you a better leader doing that, getting into intimately involved in their life details and if, if the soldiers aren't, if they're not receptive to that, then that element of trust isn't there. And then as far as the trust, I'm the same way. I, if I can't trust them, I don't let go. I have to be involved in it. And with a lot of my soldiers now, since the development of the Golden Triangle, you know, we, we sit down at the end of the week and we have, I, I call it, a, I just called it, a, uh, I don't know, it's a get to know you exercise where I put my whole platoon into a big giant circle, and then I go into the middle. First off, to get the ball rolling, I tell them you know details that I want them to know about my life, where I'm from, what my background is, what I've done in the army, where I've been in the army, and then I turn it over to the next person in the circle, and then everyone has a chance to know a little bit about everybody. And I think that's where your foundation starts. If, if you if you can find that you have at least a couple things in common with your soldiers. And your peers, then you'll be able to talk to them and relate to them better. And once you do that, that element of trust strengthens, and then those reins come off and they come away. And then if, when I put them to task, I don't, have to, I don't have to check on them three or four or five times during the day. They know my intent, what I want done in the motor pool, and then they execute and they get it done in you know the best motiv- motivated way that they can.
0: I think you have to, you have to give them a chance to fail. You, you you don't learn. I mean, you learn from failure. So there's a there's a potential, and that's that's what's scary. And one of the things that Sergeant Burnett talks about in his articles that it is it is scary to to let go of the reins and let a young subordinate take take charge because there is a, that possibility of failure. But without failure, there's no growth.
2: I talked to Burnett offline about this the other day, and then I told him about you know my first NCO that I had when I was a private coming into the army, and he was he was always there over my shoulder watching me and he was quick to tell me that I failed, but he was never quick to tell me, you know, that any praise or worthiness like that. So, and I think that's another thing. You're, you're right. You do have to let them fail, but people don't like to fail. Soldiers don't like to fail and, you know, give them the correct guidance and things that they need to succeed and they'll get you to where you want to go in, in your career and they'll, they'll get to where they need to be in their career. Sergeant Burnett,
3: in your article, you mentioned that you liked the autonomy and kind of that mentorship that that Master Sergeant Carmichael provided to you. Uh, what about that? Was it was so? Uh, was it that you that you enjoyed about it?
1: Um, I think it was just the. Um, I think what I enjoyed the most about it was not necessarily being able to be an individual because in the army we're not we're not a, an, an organization of individuals. But it was more of the, uh, I guess, the trust that he had in me that he could set me to a task and be like, this is yours, take ownership of it, here's the purpose and the direction, and now I need you to go forth and accomplish this. And it made me feel like an important member of the team that, okay, I get to take charge of this, I get to decide how this is done, and then I get to report back at the end of the day that this was successfully completed.
3: Were you ready for some of those tasks that you were given?
1: Um. I would say probably not at first, or at least I didn't think so, but I think that's the brilliant part about having NCOs that are charged with, like, the development and mentorship of their soldiers is that even though I didn't think I was ready for something, my NCO thought that I was ready, and in doing so, he empowered me to be able to take charge of that situation or that uh, tasking, and then it still got completed. So even though in the beginning I thought I wasn't ready for it, he knew that I was, and then he allowed me to see the success for myself.
0: Just a quick question based on, on one of the things that, that my son, my son Carmichael just said to, did he give you praise on occasion when you did something right? Was he there oh, to say, course. Hey, job well done. Of course. What kind of impact did that have on you as a leader? Or as, um, not, let, let's, the, let's, let's, let me take that back. Not as a leader, but as a young developing and, you know, a, a, a young soldier.
1: Um, I think that it was definitely a positive impact having like that positive feedback. And, uh, I don't think that it was, and, and it was never in the uh, context of like just an boy, like just a pat on the back, like, hey, you did your job. Good job. It was really uh, kind of, al- almost more of like whenever I got the positive feedback from him for accomplishing certain tasks the way they needed to be done, uh, it was really more of like a verbal event oriented counseling where it was like he would pull me in his office and be like, okay, back brief me. Did you accomplish what I set you to task on? Okay, what and then it was almost like a quick AAR, like what went right, what went wrong with it. Okay, so next time you know that you need to do X, Y, and Z differently to accomplish the so that you can still accomplish the task, but maybe more efficiently or more expeditiously. And so I think that it really just provided me like uh, a forum that I could uh, I guess have an open exchange of information with him so that I knew that, okay, yes, I did accomplish this the right way, but here there's also room for this improvement. But it didn't happen from a point of oversight of him just hanging over my shoulder and at every single point going, "Hey, you should do this differently," or "Hey, you should do that differently."
3: Messer on Carmichael. So that's uh, Bernardes was describing some event that happened a long time ago. But since then, you've probably developed your kind of your leadership philosophy on on some of these things. Uh, how, how has that changed, or what, what, what would you say um, to how yeah, you I can do those see it. things? I
2: can- See it change in a broader scope. When I was with Sergeant Burnett, when he was on my team in the shop office, it was the, the armament for the whole battalion. And then when I got to my first sergeant position, you know, I had NCOs on a broader range, broader scope of things that I had to mentor the same way. So, you know, anything from my ammunition platoon to my fuel platoon and my maintenance platoon, Those, those, it wasn't just the younger soldiers that I had to. Mentor in this. It was, you know, the staff sergeants in the Sergeant First Class that, you know, they never had that anonymity like we were talking about. They didn't have, people were always kind of micromanaging throughout their career. And I've never been an NCO to manage like that. I've, I, like I said, I give you, you know, the tools to do it and my intent and the commander's intent on what to get done. And I, I haven't really changed my philosophy since then. It's just on a broader scope now, with you know a broader range of NCOs.
0: You mentioned earlier about knowing your soldiers, your young NCOs, your whoever it is who who works for you as a leader. Um, so, uh, I guess releasing the reins or just letting go of the reins and letting one of them uh, take charge isn't just about letting him do it, but also he has to he has it's a trust thing that goes both ways, correct? So, it's not just oh, I, you trusting him, but him, him trusting you, but you trusting him as well. And if you don't trust him, would you release the reins?
2: I mean, the job has to get done at the end of the day. I mean, I don't think that there would be a point where I would give them freedom of maneuver to do what they needed to get done, like I have with other NCOs that, you know, didn't quite have my trust. But, I mean, a lot of the times it's, you know, coming back to that point where the mission was done and then you you have, you have to sit down, you have to talk about it and then you have to understand what they were thinking at the time. And what were, what were you thinking at the time? What was, what were you planning on seeing this way to get done? And what did they actually do to get it done? So, I mean, I try to, I try to let them go and get the mission done without breathing down on them or, you know, being over their shoulder all the time. Cause People people, you know, soldiers and NCOs don't work well like that. I've I've seen that in the last twenty four years in the army. People yeah, there's gonna be a time when somebody's right over your shoulder. There has to be. It's the army. But a lot of those times you, you don't have to you don't have to be like that. If you have trust and faith in them, then which you should as an NCO, if you talk and mentor and guide your soldiers the way that you should, you should have trust in them. They should have trust in you. But the trust does go both ways like you had spoke about if if they don't have that full faith and confidence in your leadership abilities, then they're not going to trust you. your orders they'll get followed, but they're they'll get followed at a you know a pace or you know a set that isn't actually you know expedition
0: i think it if I could, I think it leads back to one of the things that you said about earlier about getting to know your soldiers if you know them. And you get, if you get to know them, you get to you get to uh, know uh, what makes them tick and what they're capable of, and, and uh, personal lives as well. You know, you, you get to know the whole person, the whole soldier. Uh, I think that that's going to inspire most more trust because as you're learning them about them, they're going to be learning about you, and then that trust is going to be earned, uh, and respect is going to be uh, reciprocated both ways. So I imagine. Uh, Absolutely. Just to touch on that, though, Sergeant Burnett. Could you give us an example of how you've used some of the the, the I guess the examples that 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 and, uh, uh Carmichael has set for you like some actual real cuz we've been talking about leadership or the kind of things that that are in your article more of an as an abstract rather than you know as something that 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 should happen or something that, that that happens but not in a specific situation could you cite a specific situation where you've actually put the lessons that you've learned from Masar and Carmichael into into effect in a and you know, with with some of your soldiers.
1: Um, of course. So, I would say this happens almost on a daily basis. I mean, whenever I was running the armament shop, and and having four soldiers that worked under me, and we were maintaining a squadron worth of uh, arms rooms, so six different arms rooms. You know, you could say probably three thousand pieces of equipment between weapons and optics. I can't be everywhere at once, and so because of that um I have to be able to trust my soldiers and know that they'll be able to accomplish the task so you know I have some soldiers that are really good at working on say m4s and so if we have an arms room that has a large number of m4s that have parts that need to be hung on them then I'm going to take my guy that's good on m4s and task him hey you're going to take the team to this company's arms room and you're going to be in charge of making sure all of these parts get hung and then updating me whenever the service is complete so I, I really just try to learn like uh, what specific things each of my soldiers are good at, and then use that to benefit the whole team by placing those um individuals in leadership positions where they're in charge of uh, the types of things that they're uh, that they have the ability to excel at. And then also sometimes placing them in situations where they're outside of their comfort zone. So um before I took over as the motor sergeant for my company, Um, whenever we would have our weekly maintenance meetings, I started bringing, uh, my, one of my senior specialists with me and, uh, having him sit and shadow me during these meetings. And then randomly one day I told him, I was, I said, Hey, you're going to do the briefing today. And he's like, what? I'm not ready for that. I was like, no, you're fine. You'll be fine. You've been here for, you've been coming with me for six or seven weeks now. You know what to say. You know what needs to be briefed. You need to be prepared to take this. If I ever have to leave this position or if I PCS somewhere, Um, or UPCS somewhere and take over your own shop, so you're going to do the briefing today. And so he went ahead, he did the briefing, he covered everything he needed to cover, he had answers for everything that they required answers for at the squadron level, and uh, he got to sit back down and was done with it, and after the meeting he was like, well, I guess I was ready to, you know, take that next step and do the briefing for this maintenance meeting.
3: Yeah, one of the things we've we've talked about here already is kind of uh, leaders... Giving opportunities for soldiers to, to, to take the you know take the next step, giving them feedback. Um, but one of the other things you mentioned in your article, Sergeant Burnett is is you need to have like soldiers need to have that introspection, that self awareness, and look inside. Can you t- talk a little bit about uh, the importance of that and maybe how that helps um, you develop as a leader?
1: Um, Yeah, so I think that like, uh, I think the introspection goes both ways. And I think that as leaders, we have to be able to look inside and self assess our own strengths and weaknesses. Because it doesn't do me any good as an NCO to have the mindset that I'm better than all of my soldiers at everything, and be unwilling to try to learn from them. Because I think that um, as a leader, you can learn from people that are both on your peer level and above and below you within like the Army's hierarchy. And I think as a subordinate soldier that you need to have the ability to look inside of yourself and perform that introspection and see what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, and then have the humility to be able to go to your NCOs or the other leaders within your company and say, hey, I'm not very good at this. Can you help me learn this better? And uh, that introspection and that I don't know everything has really come into play as I've taken over this new position within the motor pool because there's a lot of going from being in charge of a, um, a very specific type of thing, which was just the small arms and optics, and now having to broaden out and run maintenance for light track vehicles and generators and wheeled vehicles, um, it's a whole new learning curve for me. So I'm constantly going to the other NCOs in my company or even the, the privates and the specialists that are wheel vehicle mechanics or track mechanics and asking them, like, to explain something to me or to teach me something or to help me to be able to speak intelligently on these issues that we're having with these vehicles or these pieces of equipment. And so I just, yeah, I think that that ability to look inside yourself and be able to assess your own strengths and weaknesses is the only way that you can actually effectively develop yourself and turn some of those weaknesses into points of strength. Ma-
3: Master and Carmichael, how do you get after having your soldiers look at their strengths and weaknesses and is, is there something that you do um, to kind of force that
2: function? I mean, When we do our initial counseling, we talk about what, you know, what their goals are and what they want to do. And then I I try to tailor the stuff that we do every day in the shop to lead towards those goals. So I go into college and, and uh, doing stuff like that, other schools and everything. Uh, and then you get better, further involved with them, and then you learn more and more lessons about their goals, but more about what is stronger or weaker inside of them by, you know, just being there with them every day. I mean, if you're if you're not down in the dirt in the mud with them, struggling and the same as they are, if you're always sitting in an office, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to see you as a, some other – type of leader that you don't want. But, I mean, to get into their strengths and weaknesses and you really get to know them when you're shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with them. So a lot of them, they, you know, they'll, they'll open up to you more like that. I've seen when, when you're down there doing a job with them, you know, you're turning wrenches with them or you're out on a road march with them just talking with them. I think they just open up to you more like that.
0: There's uh, The Army's come out with a new with a new assessment tool uh, it's called uh, Project Athena. I think they're going to be rechain- or renaming it sometime soon, uh, Matt Sergeant, You're probably going to get to see it whenever you get to go to the uh, Sergeant Major Academy for when you're getting ready to pin on pin on uh, uh, Sergeant Major. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a it's a battery of tests of assessments that allows NCOs to kind of to assess their their weaknesses. And, to, and then to work on them in the long term. So just to so be aware, this, uh, if you guys you guys might want to take a look at that, especially you, Sergeant Burnett, because you're kind of early on in your career. Uh, and Project Athena is something that uh, that might uh, even give you more tools to to work on or to, to use to to develop yourself as a leader and, and help you develop your your young NCOs and young sergeant or young uh, soldiers into leaders in the future. So uh, take a look at that Project Athena. We have a couple of articles on the NCO Journal that, that, that talk all about it, so I
3: would recommend you take a, take a read at those. Uh, Sergeant Burnett, what kind, of ad, what kind of advice would you give to somebody um, that's kind of in your shoes, that has soldiers, that has, uh, has to develop soldiers into leaders? Uh, what advice would you have for them?
1: Yeah, so I'd say from like a junior NCO perspective, and it might sound uh, cheesy or like a cop-out answer, but really get to know your soldiers. Because if you get to know your soldiers and you get to know what makes them tick, what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and what what their, uh, what their key development points are and what they need to be uh, retrained on or trained more in-depthly on to be more successful – Then I think that throughout the process of evaluating your soldiers, you're also going to come across, if you have that self-awareness, you'll come across uh, inadvertently your own strengths and weaknesses. Because if I have a soldier that comes to me and asks me to train them on, let's just say, for example, how to PMCS their LMTV, and then whenever I go out there and open up the TM to start teaching them, I realize, huh, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing when I'm PMCSing this LMTV, then I think that... I think that that already in itself provides the medium for your own introspection, your own self-awareness. So I think that like it all starts with just getting to know your soldiers and getting to know what, what they need to be able to meet and exceed your expectations. And then on top of that, developing a list of uh, like coming up with your daily taskings and your weekly taskings on your troop to task, and then having that uh, the ability to set your soldiers and give them uh, – set them to task and give them something that they can have buy-in on and have something that they can be responsible for that way they have that sense of accomplishment of seeing that project through from the beginning through its uh, infancy through its completion and then be able to perform that aar at the end of that project and uh, i think that if you just continually do that with your soldiers with roles that have increased responsibility and increased impact to the units uh, readiness and the units mission then I think that that will end up paying dividends in the end whenever they go on to become NCOs. And now they have all this experience already before they ever were an NCO on leading teams of people and leading projects and having all this beginning, middle, and end cycle of completing a task and getting to review it and then build upon that for the next time they're in charge of something.
0: Matt Sergeant Carmichael, what about you? What kind of advice do you have for young NCOs or young soldiers out there?
2: I'd say approach everyone, approach everyone that you meet, young NCOs or soldiers, you know, with an open mind. Not everybody knows where everybody has come from just yet until you do your golden triangle exercises. Uh, you know, be, be intimate in details with their lives. Get to know them. You know, are they married? They have kids. What's the wife's name? The children's name? You know, I've done that with all of my teams that I've had so far in my leadership roles and you know it's it's paid dividends i think that this should be carried forward there is great things built into the golden triangle to help you as a leader they need to extract those things and take them forward hopefully to the next unit or their next of soldiers or their next leadership position and they can instill that in them so just come into everything with open mind
0: if i could If I could kind of dig into that myself I, I I think that you know knowing your soldiers it's important, but I think you need to be you need to have empathy and be open to them, not just kind of learn by rote or memorize them, but actually care about them. I think that's part yeah. of the important I think that's part part of the the equation that here that's left out with the mass art is that he talks about knowing them, but he cares about them. And you can tell that yeah. by, by Sergeant Burnett's uh, attitude towards this this uh, uh, this NCO is that he, it's not just him talking; it's it's um, it's him caring. And I think that's the thing we don't talk about too much, you know, as as uh, as leaders and as uh, soldiers, is that you know you need to care about your soldiers, and you need to it, it, it can't be more; it can't be just lip service. It has to be something inside there. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think that's an important point, uh, an important distinction.
3: Yeah, and I think as we, as we do these things that you all talked about, I think that's empowering because the goal here is empowering, you know, soldiers, subordinates, leaders. Um, I think that's kind of what we're getting after here is if you, uh, if you do these things, you're empowering them, but also you're empowering kind of yourself and allowing yourself to, to have more freedom to do other tasks.
0: All right, let's, let's start with you, Son Burnett. Any final thoughts?
1: Um, as far as just final thoughts go, and I think that it's kind of the general theme of my whole article is the um the the ability to decrease the amount of stress and the amount of workload you have as an NCO by being willing to turn over some of those tasks to other people, as in your soldiers. And it's a, it's a mutually beneficial thing to be able to turn them over because not only are you developing your subordinates and developing your soldiers, but you're also alleviating some of that burden that's placed on you, because I think anybody that's been a junior NCO knows that between the additional duties and the daily taskings and the soldier welfare and the barracks checks and the 17 other things that get put on your plate, it's easy. If you don't have the time management skills and the task management skills, it's easy to become quickly overwhelmed with everything that you're responsible for. So I think that being able to turn that over to your soldiers really alleviates a lot of that um, pressure and that burden that's placed on you as a junior NCO. And then on top of that, when your soldiers rise up through the ranks and become junior NCOs, they've now seen you lead by example and really turn those tasks over to your soldiers and they can take that moving forward and go, okay, even though I have all of these things that I need to do, I can set some of these things on other people and use that as a tool for their development.
0: Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. Catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.